Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with NHLTradeTalk.com. This has been a very big day in the NHL today. There were three different announcements that defensemen were retiring from the league. Zdeno Chara, P.K. Subban, Keith Yandel, all hanging up their skates and calling it a career in the NHL. All will move on to other things, we assume. We're just not really sure what. We're going to talk about that today. There was also news, as we were typing up the articles about the retirements, that Nathan McKinnon has signed a massive contract extension with the Colorado Avalanche worth $12.6 million per season for the next eight years. He's 27 years old. He'll be about 36 when that deal expires. It is a huge deal. Makes him the highest paid player in the NHL. Higher than Connor McDavid. So uh, we're going to talk about that contract too. We're going to talk about everything with Brooke Liferno from the Hockey Raiders and NHL Trade Talk. That is this episode of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with NHLTradeTalk.com. Also right for the HockeyRaiders.com. And as always, I'm with Brooke Laferno, uh, who does the same. Brooke, how are you today? I'm doing good. We have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, we got flooded with a bunch of news this morning. Uh, I woke up to find out that three major names, uh, blue liners from the NHL, veterans, uh, big, big names, have all retired from the NHL. And then about an hour after that, as I was typing up all the articles and getting all that out, uh, big news on an extension front with one of the most elite players in the NHL. So we're going to cover all of that today, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But we're going to start with the retirement news. So I'm going to ask you to kick us off with the name that, I don't know, what was the most shocking, I suppose, if any of them were, but which was the one that you were like most sort of taken aback by and go, oh, man, that's a big deal. Um, probably PK Subban because Keith Yandel um, and Zidane Chara were older. So I kind of figured maybe their times were coming soon. Um, but PK, I was a little surprised by because he's only 33 still. And I think he still could have played in the NHL. So, um, so that kind of surprised me a lot, but you kind of figured he was still a free agent, you know, at this time. And that was kind of interesting to me because he's still useful to some NHL teams, I think. So the fact that he was still a free agent, you kind of start thinking maybe something's up there um, that he wasn't being signed. Um, So, yeah, but again, kind of, yeah, shocked by PK a little bit because he's still young and still has a lot to offer, I think. Well, the last that we'd heard was that, and I wrote an article about this, was that PK Subban, his agent had said that he was taking some time. There were teams that were interested. There had been clubs that had reached out to him. And they were just sort of waiting to see what was going to fall down and where this was all going. But that there was interest out there in PK Subban. But we hadn't really heard that from anybody. There was no teams that we knew of that were kind of like, yeah, yeah, we're in on Subban. I cover the Oilers. And there was a lot of talk in Edmonton about whether or not Mm -hmm. a guy like Subban would be a fit here. And even in Edmonton, where they're a little shy on their left side, uh, it wasn't really something that fans were eager about. They just sort of said, you know what, Subban, maybe his his best days are behind him obviously his best days were behind him but there was questions about how much he had left in the tank but his agent said that there were still teams that were looking at this and then all of a sudden we started to hear whispers that maybe Subban was like thinking I don't know if I need to return he's the kind of guy who's got a lot to do he's been an analyst on ESPN I think it's ESPN maybe NHL Network Uh, he's done other things right he's just out there he's branded himself quite well over the last 10 years and he probably doesn't need this so when you say surprised, I will ask this as a follow-up question. With everything that P.K. Subban does, with his reputation as being kind of 
Uh, I won't, don't want to say loud as a negative way, but he's he's quite a character, right? You he draws a lot of attention to himself, some good, some bad. Uh, mm-hmm. But is it shocking that he might be looking at going? I've got other things I can do. If there's teams out there that aren't really interested in me, or I don't see a fit mm-hmm. for myself, I'm not shy on opportunities here. And he mentioned that in his statement that he released on social media that he's got lots that he's planning on doing, and he's looking forward to releasing that right away. Does that shock you that he might go, you know what? I got other things I can do. I don't need this. Um, No, that doesn't shock me. Um, Like I said, it's shocking the fact that of his age and the fact that he could still play, but not shocking about the fact of, like you said, the opportunities. I think that was the first thing I thought of when he retired was ESPN Plus did announce that he's getting a show um, PK's places um, on uh, that platform. So he does have a show on there and he is doing the ESPN stuff. So, and you know, we did hear a lot about um, over the years about NHL players who retire have a kind of a hard time adjusting and finding kind of like their niche after their career, but he has one. So, um, and it suits him well. So yeah, that's not surprising at all. And good for him that he's able to kind of have that for himself because it works for him. Yeah. And he shows up on everything, right? He's been on a different comedy specials. He's at a YouTube channel. He just does He's on Instagram like crazy, more than most players. He reminds me a little bit of like Paul Bissonnette and, yeah. and Ryan Whitney, the guys who were part of the Spit and Chicklets podcast, which we'll talk about here in a minute when it comes to another player. Uh, but you could sort of see as they were leaving the NHL that they were setting something else up, especially in Bissonnette's case. Like he was the one guy in the NHL who was kind of on Twitter before anybody else and his followings and things like that were just huge, especially for a guy who really wasn't known as a wonderful player. He was a tough guy. He was a fun guy, but uh, he wasn't like an elite level player. Like C- Subban was at one point who won the Norris trophy, mm-hmm. but Subban was sort of working his way into another lane. You could just sort of see it. Right. So uh, this doesn't shock me. I'm actually um, the fact that no teams were interested in taking a bit of a flyer on him to see if he could rebound, uh, like rebound his game a little, that does surprise me slightly. But who knows what he's asking for, right? Like if he's mm-hmm. unwilling to come in on a PTO or he doesn't want to sign at 750000 league minimum, I could yeah. see why he wouldn't want to do this. So uh, maybe you go out before you're forced to go out. I'm not sure what the situation is, but uh, th- that was an interesting announcement this morning and will be very intriguing to see what he does next. Uh, well, Charlie, we also brought- like, sorry, just to That's like good. add one more thing. Like the last thing I was going to say about it is it's kind of been a tough market for defensemen like <laughs> John Klingberg and Calvin DeHaan and stuff like it's even for good defensemen. It's very hard. Like the market is just not there for whatever reason. I think it is money related with the flat cap, but I think that could be a factor too. It's just not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know, right? Like really, uh, if you're looking for a certain amount of money, you're not probably going to get it. And if your PK Subban and your game is declined quite a little bit, you're probably not going to have teams lining up to sign you. And if you're not willing, and I don't know if this is the case, he hasn't said it. I have no idea, but if you're not willing to take league minimum or do a PTO, because you have other things to do, I don't know why you stick around. Um, Let's move on to Zidane Ochara. Here's a huge name, big guy, uh, big character, huge marketability for the NHL had one heck of a career, um, 25 seasons, 1680 NHL regular season games, tons of playoff games he's spent time with the ottawa senators boston bruins uh, washington capitals new york islanders he's calling it a career he's hanging up his skates he put an announcement on instagram today that he's going to sign a one-year deal one day deal with the boston bruins so that he can retire a bruin uh not shocked by that at all from this side of the uh the, the screen here what about you 
Yeah, I'm I'm actually really happy for him. I'm sad because he feels like one of those um, players that you feel like would just play forever, kind of like Joel Thorne, like everyone just got used to it. Like, this guy's never retiring. He's kind of like the Brady of the NHL. But so I was kind of sad, but I'm so happy for him to get to sign a one-year deal. I think that's – or a one-day contract with the Bruins. I think that's awesome because, I mean, from covering the Blackhawks, they faced the Bruins so much in the playoffs. Um, he was such a pain in the booty, and I say that in the best possible way, just – a good defenseman but I'm gonna miss him it was just always just like fun to see even though he did decline over the years he was older but it was always like everyone was so happy to see him on the ice all the time everyone was always like oh there's a NATO and it was like a big thing so I'm gonna miss that yeah I mean and he you talk about guys who probably could continue to play at the very least he he likely would have had a leadership role on a team he could have been a in the in somebody's six uh, a sixth defenseman for a club uh, he could have probably picked his spot but I believe that there was a little bit of like he wanted to be on the East Coast. It was a little bit more choosy as to where he was going to play from. He had family and he has other things and obligations that he wants to do. But uh, he was it's not like he wasn't playing. I mean, when he okay. was with the Islanders finishing things off here, he played a lot. So okay. uh, he probably could have gone another season. But I, I'm guessing like Subban, he probably had options. He probably uh looking at a few different things and they just didn't really pan out for him so Mm -hmm. uh you might as well hang it up when you get the chance how quickly do you think chara moves into some sort of an executive role i assume he's gonna start working with the boston bruins right away no yeah i i actually do too i can definitely see that happening i don't see how that doesn't happen to be honest when you've got chara who just retired who's a legend i don't see how that doesn't happen yeah i think yeah he could be an ambassador or something for sure yeah i mean we both you and I uh, have talked recently about Duncan Keith, right? He just mm-hmm. retired and it took less than a month for him to get a job with the Edmonton Oilers. I know that you were disappointed a little bit that he wasn't working with the Blackhawks, but mm-hmm. um, that didn't take long, right? Like there's a guy yep. who played forever, uh, was a fantastic defenseman during that time. And he's got a lot to lo- still offer the game, but he's in a situation where he needs to be and wants to be close to Penticton where his son is playing. Um, so he's kind of staying in the Edmonton region to do that. But he's got so much to offer the game that it would make sense that he's going to work in an executive role for somebody. And the Oilers were the team that he finished off with because his closest. Char is the same way to me. He has got so much experience and so much knowledge that he can share. And like you said, he's a legend in Boston. Uh, there's That's a no-brainer for me. If he wants a job and he wants to get into that part of the game, I don't know why the Bruins wouldn't go. Yeah, absolutely. You want to start today? Like, yeah, <laughs> it just seems to make too much sense for it not to be an option if Chara wants to do it. Yeah, for sure. And plus, the defensemen are getting so much bigger in the NHL. They're putting so much emphasis on bigger defensemen. And that's something he has so much knowledge on and how he's been able to be so successful at his size. It's a big help for the game. All right, let's move over to Keith Yandel, the final name of the Blue Liners to retire today. He did a little differently than Chara and Subban, who released official sort of statements on social media. Uh, Subban was kind of everywhere, but Twitter, we got that one. Uh, (laughs) Chara was on Instagram, but Keith Yandel showed up on the Spit and Chicklets podcast um, this morning, and he told them, without releasing an official statement, He said, you guys have been so good to me. He's been a guest on that show a bazillion times um, that he is going to let them know first that he's calling it a career. So uh, he says specifically, quote, I'm literally taking my talents to South Beach and doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So he is looking forward to relaxing. He he said that he has been kind of gearing towards this for a little while and he knows that it was coming and he's at ease with the decision. He's happy about it. 
Uh, he's looking forward to just sort of chilling out. I do wonder with his history on the show, if maybe there's an opportunity there for him to do something related to that, whether it's spit and chicklet specifically or a podcast or something, but he did say he's got family. He's got other things he wants to do and just kind of relax. And then he, he was kind of excited about not having to train for uh, this season. Cause this is the guy who was the, uh, is the current iron mastery holder in the NHL. What did you think about Yandel's retirement news? <laughs> Um, like I said, that was another kind of not shocker, um, like I said, because he was older and stuff. And, you know, I kind of feel bad for him in a sense. He had an amazing career, but I feel bad of how last season ended for him with the getting healthy scratch before he can hit a thousand games um, and kind of just how he went out that way. He had the worst, I think, plus minus in the league last year with a minus 47. It just wasn't a good year. But I think people underestimate how good he actually was in his career. I think he had 40 plus points nine times yeah. <laughs> in his career, which is pretty good. And I know he became kind of like a meme and everyone was like, oh, he's not very good anymore. But he was really, really good at one point. So, you know, I tip my hat off to him. He deserves it. He played a lot of hockey over the years. So good for him. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily known as a uh total defensive defenseman he was a power play quarterback really skilled offensively uh but at that time when he was in his peak when he was you know i think it was with the rangers and stuff like he was really good like he was just yeah. super solid um so yes he had quite the career 989 consecutive games between march 26 2009 and march 29 2022 uh the guy chasing him right now is phil kessel uh probably going to catch him so mm-hmm. i don't imagine that uh, Yandel stays the Ironman streak holder for very long, but that said, to be able to do that, to play that, and especially as a defenseman, when you're talking mm-hmm. about guys, now he wasn't known for blocking shots necessarily, but you're always at risk of that happening. It's just amazing that he was able to do that, play that many games as a defenseman and not get hurt. <laughs> let's let's switch gears a little bit. There was other major news today. Uh, Nathan McKinnon has signed a huge Huge deal with the Colorado Avalanche. He is now officially the highest paid player in the NHL in a deal that will start next season. So he's still got one more year left to play on his current contract. Um, are you shocked? Are you curious? Are you even at all remotely surprised that Nathan McKinnon is getting $12.6 million for eight years with the Colorado Avalanche? Uh, yeah, this is kind of a tough one because I love Nathan McKinnon. He's one of my favorite players. I think he's a lot of people's one of his favorite uh, players in the NHL at this point. I mean, the stats don't lie. He's like the third best point producer in the NHL in the last three seasons. Um, I also think he has the playoff goal leader um, in NHL history, if I'm not mistaken. But um, the points are there. Um, but I do think it's fair to question if he's worth more than McDavid at this point, but he does have a Stanley cup to his name, which can't be taken away from him either. So um, I don't blame the avalanche for giving him what they did. He's an awesome player. He's probably will be in the hall of fame, I think at one point. So um, can't go wrong with that. I don't think, but I do think it's fair to question if he's worth more than McDavid. Uh, I think that's an interesting conversation. So we'll see by am happy for him. That's a great deal for him and he will be great for the avalanche for years to come. So there's really no harm there. Just it's more just like a, is he worth more than McDavid, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting debate because when you look at McDavid and his contract, he's been on this deal now for a few seasons with the Oilers. And every year, whether you want to call it inflation or you want to call it the cost of contracts, or you want to call it salary, whatever you want to use to define why the numbers go up and why players get paid more, uh, it's like night and day difference between when McDavid signed that deal and today. If you were looking at McDavid needing an extension for next season, What's he getting? 
13, 14 million dollars. Like that's that's probably the baseline for Connor McDavid. So we're at a different time, right? Where Nathan McKinnon is looking at his contract and going, look, yeah, I am as good or close to as good as Connor McDavid, but we're now a couple seasons, a few seasons ahead of when he signed that deal. I'm worth this. And you can certainly argue that he is in relation to where salaries are at, what contracts are looking like. And you have to think Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, they're looking at this contract going, okay, now we know where our baseline is and we're going to be looking at quite a bump. Uh, and so I can't even imagine what McDavid's contract is going to look like, you know, when the salary cap goes up and in four or five, whatever it is, five seasons from now that he's available for extension, what that number is going to look like. It's just going to be insane. I do have to wonder though. I like Nathan McKinnon a lot. I think he's a fantastic player. If you look at it in perspective from what he was being paid over the last number of years to what he's now going to get, there is a part of me though, that looks at this deal and says, I think Colorado said, Yes, we like you. Yes, we believe you're going to be productive for us. Yes, we think you should be among the highest paid players in the league, but we owe you, right? Like, how much of the this contract do you think is, a, yeah, we, you signed this deal, you have to live with this deal, but you just played for about four or five seasons, way underpaid, considering mm-hmm. what you should have been getting. Do you think that factored into this? Yeah, I do think it, in part of it, it is a deal of um, paying him for what he did, but... On the other hand, he's still young, um, so they are paying him in a sense for what he will do or what they hope he will continue to do for them. So, yeah, I think it's both. But, yeah, I do think a lot of it is they're paying him for what he did do, which is a lot. He got him a Stanley Cup. I mean, there is a lot there, and he will be very productive for years to come. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit of both in there. But, yeah, I am scared to see how this translates uh, for the rest of the league, like you said, with Austin Matthews coming up as a free agent and Connor McDavid next to boy. Yeah, like you said, we might get into $16 million here. Yeah, and when you think about how long McKinnon has been playing, and then you look at it and say he's still only 27 years old, it's baffling to me, right? Mm-hmm. He's been around so long, it seems, uh, right. and he's been trying to win a Stanley Cup for so long, and he finally did it, and he's seen the crap years in Colorado, and now he's playing on the team when the good years are coming. That he's still only 27 is amazing to me. Right, right? It just seems like he should be in his he should be 30, 31, mm-hmm. right? Like the experience that he's had in the NHL and how long he's played. Um, I do. I'm slightly concerned for the avalanche though, in terms of their future salary cap concerns, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, there's a little bit of room here for when Mika Randon comes off in, you know, a couple seasons and he needs something. Um, but I would assume now because you, it's not like I wrote this in an article today. It, you're not jumping from eight to 10 million. You're not jumping from nine to 11 million. You're not jumping from 6.5 to eight point. This is not a $2 million bump here. This mm-hmm. is a $6.3 million change that the mm-hmm. Colorado Avalanche are going to have to face here. That's a big chunk of your salary cap for a player that you were already playing some decent money to. And now you're paying like when McDavid went to 12 uh, or whatever it is he's got right now, he was on an entry level deal. So you had all that room for him, right? You knew it was coming. You were saving all that space. This is a deal where six and a half, but you got to find that somewhere. So who's leaving Colorado? I have to assume JT Comper is not yep. going to be back. You know, Evan Rodriguez is a one year shot. That's probably all this is ever going to be. Uh, there's going to be probably some exits coming out of Colorado. Do you think putting this much on a guy like McKinnon, is overall the best move for the team, uh, considering that there's probably going to have to be some people leaving to make it work? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's tough because when you have a player like Nathan McKinnon, you're going to have to pay to keep him. That's probably what he would get on the open market, it seems like, at this point, if that's what Colorado is willing to give. Um, and what he's done, again, he's he would be getting paid for what he did. Um, so it is it is tough because you don't want to lose a player like that. But And that's kind of the price of paying the Stanley Cup or getting the Stanley Cup. You know, you got to pay players for that, and they're worth that. So... But it is a little, you know, tricky. Um, we've seen a lot of players kind of, or teams put themselves in bad kind of situations. Tampa Bay looks like they might finally be hitting that salary cap issue with paying all of their players who might start kind of slowing down a little bit. I don't think that will happen for them for a couple years, but we might have this conversation in two to three years. I think Colorado will. But again, I think they think it's worth it. I think it might be worth it to keep a player like him. But um, I Bowen Byram, to me, though, is the big question mark here. He's going to be paid, I think, a lot of money um, when his contract's up. How are they going to make that work? Yeah. Um, I don't see them just giving him up. So, again, interesting questions, but um, I think their GM has a good idea about what he's going to do. I don't think he just throw this out there just to do it. <laughs> are you at all shocked that this has no, no lines pointing, no arrows pointing at all to a team-friendly deal here? The last that we had heard was that Nathan McKinnon was working on something. He wanted it done before training camp. Obviously, that happened. He did say it will not be a single digit, but that led people to believe that we were talking maybe just over 10, just shy of 11, 12.6. Like, there's no team-friendly aspect to this contract at all. Like, this is a full-value deal for Nathan McKinnon. He did not come to Colorado and go, hey, yeah, just let's let's make it work. I Just make me happy. Let's give you the, the money to work around, like, this is full value for Nathan McKinnon, right? This is 12.6. Some people will argue, yeah, he's still underpaid. Uh, I am not one of those people. I no. think this is a good number um, for a guy who has been very good, but any more than that, and you're like, whoa. Um, but it's not a deal. Like, there's no value here in terms of, okay, let's make this so that you can build around me. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I understand McKinnon. I know he said before, like, he wants to be paid fairly on his next deal he wants to get what he's worth and not what he was making before but he did bet on himself on that contract knowing that he could get a big payday when it was when that contract was over and it did work out that way um so yeah I do believe though that Sackett like I said just he hopes that this is going to turn out okay Uh, I don't know (laughs) we'll see it's I don't exactly it's a gamble for sure (laughs) let's put it that way (laughs) yeah it's not like he's going to not produce for you the question is whether or not he can continue to produce at the same level from the age of 27 to 36 or 28 to 36 uh and if he doesn't what happens then right like most of these contracts if you're looking at the the guys who will be or are the highest paid players the mcdavid's the austin matthews they're still trending upward right uh-huh. like they're still getting better and it's shocking to think that mcdavid could score more than he did in the last couple of seasons, but people believe he will. Austin Matthews is only getting better, right? Uh-huh. Nathan McKinnon is a really solid player. He's one of the best in the league. I'm not sure I see an upward trajectory for this guy, though. Yes, he's still only 27 years old. And yes, he's going to be fantastic for many years to come. But can he elevate his game another level? Mm-hmm. We've seen how, how long he's been doing this, and it's consistently good, but it isn't like yeah, he's going to jump to 130 points next. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, so for $12.6 million, it's like, it's a lot of well, money. Plus losing big names around him 
that has to play into it too. Will he produce that way with different players, even though they had to lose like Nazem Kadri, they might lose JT Confer. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Ranton. And there is a lot of question marks there for sure. But like I said, they're gambling. I guess it is what it is. That's the price for the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. And that I guess that's the real question, right? Is the trade-off, the value of McKinnon getting better and producing more for you worth what you'll have to give away? And can that even itself out? Right. Yeah. And so that's a real question in Colorado now. And like you mentioned, it's something that the Tampa Bay Lightning are dealing with, right? They started to reward people who got them to the Stanley Cup and they're giving them the money when it's too late. And this team is probably going to start going downhill a little bit and not be as good as they were, even though they will still be a very good yeah. team. All right. Well, you know what? We're probably not going to have the longest show today. We'll keep her short, but uh, we did want to get on here and talk about the retirement news of PK Subban, Zidane Chara. Keith Yandel also talked about the deal for Nathan McKinnon and uh, what that might look like for the Colorado Av- Avalanche. I will wait, leave you with this one question though. Who do you think we hear from first when it comes to Subban, Chara and Yandel? Who shows up earliest and has a new path? Is it Chara doing an executive thing with the Bruins? Is it Subban showing up on some sort of network television show? Is it Yandel working in some sort of capacity? Who shows up first? Do you think? Um, I still think it's got to be Subban. I think, like we said before, it seems like he's got a lot of things lined up, even probably more than we know about, even before the ESPN uh, show. So we'll see. Cool. Well, Brooke, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. This was an interesting conversation, a big news day. So we thought we'd get up here, uh, do a quick news update on all of this, and uh, let our listeners know what was going on. But if you want to listen to our podcast, we greatly appreciate if you want to go back to the archives and listen to some of the shows, including last week's show about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, download, subscribe, share it with other people. Uh, for Brooke Laferno and myself, Jim Parsons, from NHL Trade Talk and the Hockey Raiders, uh, we guys, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.